Hey there. If you like this podcast, you are going to love my new book, Needy, How to Advocate for Your Needs and Reclaim Your Sovereignty. In Needy, I share my unique approach to identifying, honoring, and advocating for the most tender and true parts of yourself that are yearning to be acknowledged. It is an invitation to embody self-acceptance, which leads to meaningful growth in self-responsibility, self-care, self-trust, and self-love. All of the themes that we talk about all of the time on this podcast. Woven with threads of timeless wisdom, honest assessments of our needs, and heartfelt personal stories of transformation from yours truly and others, Needy illustrates a profound vision for what is possible when you listen to the stirrings of your heart and reclaim your undisputed sovereignty in your life. Now, you can get Needy wherever books are sold, but if you are a podcast super fan, you might appreciate the audiobook, which I do narrate, which you can find on Audible. Now on to today's show. Hey there, it's your host, Mara Glatzel, and you are listening to The Needy Podcast. Here at Needy, we are devoted to sharing frank conversations and true stories about what it means to meet your needs consistently, messily, and sustainably. To get more information about today's episode, please visit theneedypodcast.com. Now, on to today's show. Hey there, this is Mara Glatzel, and today we are talking about honoring our inconvenient needs. Now, our needs may be inconvenient for a multitude of reasons. They may crop up at inconvenient times. They may not look the way that we want them to look. They may not feel the way that we want them to feel. They may not arrive in a form that we feel fully comfortable with. We may wish that they were prettier, sexier, uh, more easily attended to, um, more quickly attended to. And so a lot of times we bring these feelings about our needs to the practice of meeting our needs. And what results in that conjunction of those two, those two practices, uh, is a lot of judgment. You know, a lot of feeling less than, a lot of comparing ourselves to other people, particularly people who we don't really know, right? People we might see on the internet or in magazines, people who have much prettier needs than we do, or people who might have carefully curated Instagram feeds of them meeting their needs in specific and specifically beautiful ways. So... Let me backtrack a little bit to talk about how it is that we identify our needs to begin with, because before we start thinking about whether or not those needs are inconvenient or how we're going to go about meeting them, we need to really ground in and focus on how it is that we identify what we need to begin with. So the process of identifying your needs first requires you to take a moment to get grounded back into your body. 
And this is easier for some people than other people. If you have significant trauma or a painful and difficult relationship with your body, it can feel very difficult to crawl back into your skin and really spend time here. But it's impossible to know what you need and impossible to begin meeting those needs if you don't know what you need to begin with. And all of that requires really getting back into your skin, even if just for a minute and figuring out how you feel and opening up that conversation with yourself. Because at the end of the day, this is really about being in relationship with ourselves in an honest and open and loving and compassionate relationship with ourselves where we take the time to be earnestly interested in our own well-being. And beneath how we think that our needs should look is the very real reality of our bodies, right? And when I say bodies, I mean physical body, but I also mean emotional, mental, spiritual, energetic bodies, the multitude of ways that we need things because we need water, we need food, but we also need community and connection and reverence and celebration. We need to feel like we're a part of things. We need to feel like we're contributing to the world in meaningful ways, And while there may be a hierarchy of needs because our physical needs have so much to do with the energy that we have to pour into any of our our tasks on a daily basis, the spiritual needs and the emotional needs, energetic needs are important as well because that is lends themselves to the vibrancy of our energy on those levels. So when we're thinking about getting back into our bodies – One of the best ways that I know how is to connect with your breath and to begin to follow your breath down in through your lungs into your belly. You can put your hands on your belly if you want to, to help you. I like to kind of put my hands there as a reminder that I'm drawing my my breath in that deep, which I don't always, of course. And you can put your hand on your heart drop into that heart space. Some people like to put their feet on the ground. Some people do best with a guided meditation. Some people love to make their way out to nature, to sit somewhere and and to really connect with themselves in that kind of space. Some people, you know, connect with themselves while they're washing their dishes or taking their trash out. There's no right way to do this. There's no wrong way to do this. You know, this has to do with your relationship with yourself. And the point of asking, you know, this isn't a transactional relationship. It's not like, okay, I'm going to pay you attention for five minutes and quick, quick, tell me what you need so that we can just get this part of our day done with. This is about being in relationship with ourselves and really honoring, grounding into and honoring the fact that when we make the time to identify our needs, when we make the time to prioritize tending to our needs, then we are investing in ourselves and our ability to be in our bodies and our ability to feel good and our ability to have the energy to do the things that we want to do with our lives. 
And I should say, you know, I have kind of a thing about saying making time because we can't make time, right? Time, time is a, a limited thing that each and every one of us has access to. And so we can't make more time, but we can find time. So finding the time. I should say, to develop this relationship with yourself. So we're going to get into our bodies. And if this is something that feels particularly difficult for you, it's worth thinking about the reasons why you might feel so disconnected from your body. You know, beside the very real uh, trauma response and and mental health reasons that people have a difficulty being in their skin disassociation. There is an entire industry, right? The diet industry that keeps us at distance from ourselves, keeps us uh, holding our bodies, you know, not hostage, but just there's a, there's a divorcing that happens between our heads and our physical selves. And this is one of the reasons why women have such women in particular have such a difficult time knowing what they need. Because if you don't see your body as a friend to you, if you see your body as this big problem to be fixed, this thing that's standing between you and everything that you want to do with your life, then it's really difficult to get back into your skin and to really honor the body that you have now. And I'm going to say it's difficult. And I'm also going to say that it's necessary because you are a human. You are a human with needs. And whatever your body looks like right now, whatever your relationship is with what your body looks like right now, you are still a human being who has needs. So when we take some time to get grounded, to get into our bodies, to get curious about how we feel and to ask ourselves, what do you need right now? This is the golden question. It's not more complicated than this. What do you need right now? Sometimes the answers come easily. A glass of water, more sleep, space in my own calendar, money so that I can feel financially secure, a roof over my head, more clarity in this relationship, a conversation that I really don't want to have. And sometimes it's a little bit more... um, a little bit less easily defined. You know, I want to feel connected to something greater than myself. I want to feel a part of something. I want to feel like my work matters in the world. And when you start to hear those answers, and when I say hear, I mean in your own mind, you know, those kind of that intuition, that inner wisdom, that inner voice, however it is that you want to think about it, your your spirit, your higher self, when you start to hear those answers, your next task is to receive yourself gladly, to not just immediately meet your needs with, well, that's impossible, or that's not going to happen, or nobody cares, um, to not censor yourself in that way, or, you know, just pour a bucket of water all over your little fledgling needs, right? If we think about developing this as a relationship with ourselves, then 
the conversation that we're having, the quality of that conversation, the tone of that conversation matters. And so we ask, what do you need right now? And as the answers start to arrive, we patiently wait to receive them. Sometimes they'll come in a moment. Sometimes they'll take all day. Sometimes they'll take a couple days. But again, this isn't a transactional relationship. This is a relationship that you are having with yourself. And it's not a one and done, so I don't have to be worried about it. And I can put it up in my closet and say, I did it today or check it off some sort of intricate checklist in my planner. It's about being in dialogue with yourself over the course of your day so that you can know how to best support yourself over the course of your day. So once you start to know how you feel and once you start to identify your needs, then the next question is really, how do I meet this need in a way that is sustainable and kind? You know, where is there a spot for me in my day? What, how could I meet this? Or, you know, if it's a a bigger need, how could I begin to meet this? What are the first steps that I could take towards meeting this need? And sometimes it's not a need that can be met immediately. And so the conversation with ourself might change into one that says something like, well, I hear you and I see you and that's really important to me. You're really important to me. And even if that's not a need, not a need that you can meet immediately, you can still keep that space open in your relationship with yourself and you can still choose to actively participate with that notion of a thing without slamming on the brakes, closing the door, stomping away, getting frustrated with yourself for being so damn needy. Because again, this is about really being communicative. So what do we do when we have multiple needs? When we ask the question, what do I need? And, you know, there's five different answers. Well, I think that it's most important to begin to prioritize those needs. You may have time to meet all of those needs in one given day. You may not. But to create a sort of priority list for yourself where you're meeting the needs that either are the most pressing or have the most impact on your life and your ability to continue meeting your needs. So, you know, the needs of your physical body, meeting those needs will enable you to do more things because they're generative. The better hydrated that you are, the more well-rested that you are, the better nourished that you are. All of those things will give you the energy to meet other needs that you might have. So you may prioritize them first. Or if something feels like it's the most pressing thing for whatever reason to you, this is all about you. So when you're having this conversation, really getting curious with yourself, like, what do I need the most? What do I need to prioritize the most? What will make the biggest difference in my day, in my quality of life? What will generate more energy, whether through giving me more energy or through freeing up that worry that I'm pouring into not meeting that need? What will generate more energy for me to pour back into my life to keep 
doing this work, to keep having this relationship with myself, to keep showing up in the world the way that I want to. And sometimes this can feel a little bit like killing your darlings. And I encourage you to be really sweet to yourself because sometimes you need all of the things urgently. And it can feel very difficult to begin to prioritize them. And I find that this happens a lot, especially at the beginning when you've been ignoring your needs for a very long time. So for those of you who are on that part of the journey and are feeling like if you open this door and ask yourself what you need, you may be just, there might be an avalanche of needs that will (laughs) come out of the closet and, you know, just land all over you. It won't feel like that forever. Sometimes we have a backlog of needs when we don't meet our needs for a long time. And so I want to advise you to keep it really simple. Start with those physical needs. Remember that meeting your physical needs is generative, as in it gives you more energy to keep showing up, to keep being curious, to keep asking questions, to keep doing the things that light you up and make you feel good. And... The other part of this is the question of what if what you need isn't what you want to need or how you want to need it? So, you know, maybe you're asking that question and you really want to need a certain kind of thing or you want to need things in a certain kind of way. You want your needs to be more orderly. You want them to assume the form uh, most commonly seen in a spread on self-care in your favorite magazine or favorite Instagram account. You want them to play along with this idealized version of yourself that you have in your mind, right? Like I'm going to I'm going to do the yoga and I'm going to make kombucha and I'm going to make this smoothie and I'm going to do all of these things and it's going to be effortless and nobody's going to see me sweat. I won't even see myself sweat in the mirror and I'm going to pull my Oracle cards and I'm going to, you know, do, do everything in this very antiseptic way that feels separate from my life as I know it. And so in that case, the meeting of our needs becomes this additional facet of be participating in this fantasy space with our idealized selves, our idealized bodies. And that's harmful. It's harmful because you are a real human right now. The you, you know, that you see, the you that you can feel beneath your hands in this moment, you are real and you are worthy of having your needs met. The needs of this physical body, as in the body that you are in currently, looking the way that you do, smelling the way that you do, feeling the way that you do, you know, and one way that we continue to injure ourselves is to have a narrow view of what the allowed needs are. You know, and if our needs, what if our needs don't, don't fit into these nice little boxes the way that we might want them to? You know, what if I need to scream in my car at the top of my lungs while I'm driving just to get some of the anger and frustration out of my body? What if I need to lay on the floor for days on end? You know, what if it takes longer than I want it to? What if I am less productive than I want to be? What if I 
don't do things in the same way or the same time as the people around me? Can I still have my own back if my needs don't show up looking the way that I expect and want them to look? And so when it comes to the possibility of our needs not being what we want them to be, we have to be really careful about judging ourselves unnecessarily, about making something mean everything about who we are and what we're capable of. Because we're just humans. And as attached as you might be to that idealized version of yourself, she's not here. And she may never be here, right? She may never be coming. And the idea of her holding that vision of yourself up, a less messy, a less needy, a less complicated version of yourself, when you hold her up as the example that you're trying to live up to, you are recreating the story every single day that who you are isn't good enough and that who you are is somehow embarrassing. And who you are is really, really good. And what you need in this body, in this moment, is really, really important. Because so often, the symptoms of our lack of self-care are internalized as moral failures or as these huge flaws the ways that we've let ourselves down by being so needy, so messy, so ridiculous. Instead of just honoring ourselves and getting on with the task of having our own back. And so I really want to emphasize for you that one way that you can care for yourself very simply, kind of in quotation marks, because there's, you know, it's, this isn't super simple. But one aspect of your self-care is in not judging the things that you need. Maybe it's basic. Maybe it's super basic. Maybe you wish it looked different. Maybe you wish that you were the kind of person who didn't need so much space, who wasn't so sensitive, who didn't have so many feelings, who didn't struggle with this thing still after all these years. Or somebody who more easily got along with other people, who presented a more perfect version of herself in public, who was more easily able to make friends or be social and that, you know, nice bubbly, everything's all pulled together and perfectly fine, shellacked over kind of way. But you do damage to yourself when you deny who you are and what you need right now in the actual real world. And so our perfectionism becomes a barrier to having our needs imperfectly met. Because if we're waiting for our needs to look perfect, or we're waiting for the perfect time to meet our needs, then we're missing out on this glorious opportunity to be in relationship with who we are, to ask ourselves what we need, and to try to meet those needs to the best of our ability. I talked to so many women about how they wish they had more time, which completely skips over and keeps them from taking responsibility for the time that they do have. And I have to wonder about how we can scale our needs. Sure, sometimes we're going to have a full day or a full hour. Sometimes we're going to have five minutes or two minutes. 
And how can you use those five minutes or two minutes without looking at them and seeing them as not enough? Because anything is infinitely, infinitely better than nothing. And as I said at the beginning of this call, meeting our needs is generative. So the more time that we find to take care of ourselves, the more energy that we will have to take care of ourselves and to do the things that we really want to do with our lives. And so I want to just wrap up by saying that the point of all of this is to just start somewhere. Because this isn't a linear practice. Asking yourself what you need isn't the kind of thing where you kind of proceed on a, a certain time frame or a certain um, direct path even. This is an exploratory mission. This is a generative practice. This is a relationship with ourselves, a relationship with our needs. It is an acknowledgement that Us feeling good in our lives, really feeling good, really feeling peaceful, really feeling well-supported means that we have to get on board with all of our parts, not just the parts that we like, not just the parts that are easily validated externally by other people or by our dominant culture, that we have to get on board with really supporting ourselves, supporting all of ourselves, supporting our messiest parts of ourselves and the needs that go along with it. Thank you so much. It's been amazing talking to you today. Talk to you soon. listening to the needy podcast with Mara Glatzel. If you want to know more about needy or want to tend to your needs with a free needy toolkit, dance on over to the needypodcast.com. If you love today's show, pretty please leave us a review on iTunes and join us next week. And as always, permission loves company. So if there's a human in your life that you think can benefit from this conversation, I would be so grateful if you shared it with them. Thank you. See you next week. Mm-hmm.